Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my Top 5 takeaways from this week's NASCAR race. This week we're discussing the Phoenix Raceway. Hello and welcome, thanks for tuning in. My name is Connor, and I'm going to be taking about 15-20 minutes to tell you my thoughts from this last race at Phoenix. So let's get right into it. Number one. Phoenix Raceway is the track with the longest gap between races. Obviously the first race being this past week and the final being the season final, the championship race. So it's always odd how different a track can change when it's, what, six months, five months between races. Uh, We had Danica back in the booth. Once again, I thought she did a good job. I think she did better this week than she did last week. I think last week she was a little bit more timid, and this week uh, it was more relaxed and seemed more natural, which was cool. There was a glaring, noticeable lack of attendance at this race, which has been... Odd. I did not check what the the viewership was, but both in-person attendance and TV viewership have, have not only been up, but have been way up this year. So to see maybe three quarters of the uh, of the grandstands full was kind of sad. And Phoenix is not a huge uh, grandstands. It's not like Daytona uh, or even Vegas. I think it only holds maybe sixty or eighty thousand. I think maybe it's like sixty. So that's kind of a, a bummer. But with them hosting the championship race, perhaps that could be why. If you're going to go to one of those two races at that track, you're more than likely going to go to uh, the championship race. So that's not not the end of the world. But early on, we had. Uh, we had a lot of action, lots of early lead changes, lots of, of uh, position changes towards the front, a lot of four-wide racing. The the no-out-of-bounds situation at Phoenix is awesome, huge fan of that. And the ability to cut the dog leg going into turn one is... Uh, it's great. It, it makes for better racing. And we saw that every restart. We saw Joey Logano going down or Chase Elliott going down, picking up two, three spots going into turn one. I'm not necessarily sure I like the the configuration of the track as compared to the old configuration. I think the old configuration with the dog leg was the best of the three configurations. When... Phoenix first started, they, they had grass where the dogleg was, and it was a follow-the-leader track, sort of like Richmond's becoming. Uh, then they added the dogleg, and it added for more exciting racing. And now the configuration that they currently run, which switching where the start-finish line is, it's good. It's just not as exciting as, as I think it would be if they kept it the way it previously was. They also had, um, they put the the sticky compound 
on the upper groove. I found that a little odd because the upper groove is the preferred line, but I guess it, uh, I guess it provided more grip. I wonder if that's a result of the cars uh, running the preferred line and having the back end snap out from behind them. I wonder if NASCAR in the last two races have seen 12 plus cautions and thought, oh wow, we better do something. And then stage one ended with a stage one win by William Byron, who I feel like every time I, I look at the uh, standings, there's William Byron. So good for him. Good start to the season for William Byron. Number two. Smooth transition. Stick with me. I'm still learning how to do this podcast thing. My number two takeaway is the new car. I was curious to see how the new car would do at a shorter track. Granted, this is not a short track, a half mile track, but it is a shorter track and it would be considered one of the short tracks on the circuit. And it did pretty much the same as it did at the uh, intermediate tracks or the longer tracks. Tire wear is a major theme with this car. You just cannot drive it on older tires. So putting the decisions in the crew chief's hands to properly strategize is probably going to be an ongoing theme. It makes me kind of wonder if we're going to see less fuel mileage uh, races where a guy stays out and wins based on you know solely having a little bit more fuel than everyone else. Because I don't think it will take more than a few laps with brand new tires to run someone down, even at a green flag pit stop. Speaking of tires, Corey LaJoy had one just fly off his car. I don't know if that's because of the single lug, if they didn't attach it correctly, if something broke. But that was wild to see. You would see tires go down and guys hit the wall in the old car. But you would not see... Um, you would not see tires come flying off like you have early in this season on this new car. And then the other thing, and this is my personal favorite part about the new car, is driver shifting in corners at Phoenix. Was new. They used to get up to fourth gear and just go. Now they were dropping down a gear and then back up a gear using the car's transmission to help brake and be at a higher RPM coming off the corner for a quicker launch. But what this does is it brings more driver skill into uh, into account, which I like. I want to see the most skilled drivers have the most success. And I think if you look at the Cup Series standings, you know, while Chase Briscoe and Austin Austin Centric have gotten wins, they're not at the top of the standings. You have Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, and Joey Logano are your first top four right now. Hard to argue that they're not some of the most skilled drivers that are currently in this sport. So I think a theme this season with the new car is going to be the skill of the driver really has more to do with 
outcome than in previous cars, in previous uh, previous downforce in low horsepower package that I'm starting to learn was awful. If you look back at a race last year and compare it to a race this year, I think you're going to be blown away at how different these cars are and how much of a difference this new car is making. So with all of that, I had mentioned in number one that the exciting racing at the beginning, it, it did sort of single file out stage two. Got a little boring, which was fine. Blaney was leading. Uh, he was doing great in the long runs, and he won stage two, which will bring us on to our next point. Number three. Saw a couple of big-name drivers have big-time problems. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. blew a tire on lap 221. Um, that was it for his day. Kyle Larson had a valve spring or a cylinder down. Very rare for a Hendrick car to have an issue like that. But other than that, I talked about uh, LaJoy's issue. But other than that, with 90 to go, there were only three cars out of the race. The rest of the field was still out there, which is rare, especially for a short track. And at Phoenix, the line that you take made such a huge difference. Drivers the entire time over the radio were asking where other drivers were. If you overdrove a corner even by just a little bit, you would lose two, three seconds on a lap. It was crazy. I like the way that Danica put it. She said, you go where your eyes take you. Referring to if you're in first place, if you're looking out the mirror, I'm sorry, out the, the windshield and focusing on your line, you're going to be better off than looking in the rear view. If you're watching behind you, you're less focused, obviously. Speaking of Danica, uh, I liked when Clint gave her a hard time about IndyCar. He said, <laughs> those, Clint Boyer said, those rocket ships are nothing compared to these real race cars. I don't think Danica liked that, and I thought it was funny the way he recovered by very quickly uh, moving on. But it was a, uh, overall, it was an exciting race. It, no one ran away with it, other than at the end of stage two, it did get a little boring. While, um, you know, mid-race, guys were probably just killing some laps. Trying to stay out of trouble. But I thought it was it was an exciting race all around. No one really ran away with it. It wasn't one of those races where one driver wins all three stages or two of the three stages and it's the same couple of drivers up front. So that will lead us to the... Oh, before I get to my next point, I do want to shout out Roger Penske. He took the lead of what Mr. Hendrick did last week, and Penske donated $1 million to Ukraine relief. So that was cool. But let's get on to the, the end of the race. Number four. So the latter half of stage three was pretty bonkers. 
Bubba Wallace, who had been up front most of the race, or up in the top uh, 10 or 15, had an unscheduled pit stop, had a tire going down or a vibration I can't quite remember. I was kind of bummed to see. I've been becoming a Bubba Wallace fan this season. I, I don't get the hate. I don't get why everyone hates him so much. Uh, Blaney had a terrible pit stop when the lug nut fell out of the gun, which is new this year. <clears throat> Instead of putting the lug nuts on the uh, rim and, uh, and pasting them onto the rim like the old tires, this one, the lug nut is actually in the gun. So when the tire changer goes to put it on, it's already there. They keep an extra lug on their belt. And so his... Uh, his tire changer was able to fix this problem relatively quickly. However, it cost him a few seconds. But then with 50 to go, Blaney just sliced through the field. He was just flying. He, he probably had the best car or maybe the second best car. But on a restart, he went from 11th to 5th and I think two laps. It was insane. As the laps ticked down, 27 to go, Eric Jones went around, second week in a row, causing a late race caution. And I thought that we were about to see the final pit stops, and that would be the final restart. Of course, I, I should have known I was wrong. But what a massive pit stop that was. So... Kyle Busch, too fast on his uh, on his stop, so he had to go to the rear, which just brings such a big smile to my face. I want to shake Eric Jones's hand for causing this caution that caused Kyle Busch to be too fast on pit road. And honestly, I don't know why I have this in my notes, but it's there, so I'm going to mention it. Harrison Burton is a subpar driver. He does not belong in the Cup Series. He took over a car that Matt Matty B drove, and I think Matt did a much, much better job. I don't know if they're saving money with Harrison Burton. No idea. So the, the restart from the Eric Jones spin happens, and then nine to go, Chase Elliott went around. So now with we're going to restart with three to go. So the first thing about the final restart is that the decision cone that NASCAR put in place, it's big throughout the whole race, but at the very end of the race, what a major difference that is. It makes it so much more strategic and so much more exciting so I'm glad that that's there. But with three to go, we have teammates starting on the front row. For, I think, every single race that we've had this year, when it's the final restart, teammates have been on the front row. And nobody could hang with what Chase Briscoe had. Now, I know no one listens to this podcast, but if he did, you would have heard me call Chase Briscoe an Xfinity driver couple of weeks ago 
So now it's time I have to eat my hat and admit that I was wrong. Chase Briscoe drove a great race, especially at the end. His car was so far superior. He was able to to run down into turn one and stick it in deep where no one else could really get, you know, even close to him. And afterwards, he could not have been a cooler guy. Could not have been more humble and uh, just an overall great guy. Just shame that he drives for trash like Tony Stewart. But he is a good dude, and I'm becoming a fan of his. So congrats to Chase Briscoe on the win. Next week, we're going to Atlanta. But before we get into my takeaway number five, which is looking forward to Atlanta, let's hear from Mackenzie. Here's what's trending in NASCAR with Mackenzie. Welcome to Trending with Mackenzie, but it's also just fun facts and cool things to learn about. Before I tell you the answers to the questions from the last podcast, I want to tell you the story about Rattlesnake Hill. When Richard Hogg owned Phoenix International Raceway, he only owned the track and not the hill next to it. When races happened, people went on the hill and watched for free. Richard Hogg didn't want people to do that because he wasn't getting any money and people were seeing the race for free. So Richard Hogg named the hill Rattlesnake Hill so people would be too scared to sit on it. The hill is still called that today. I thought that was really interesting. Here's the answers to the last podcast. Number one, do NASCARs have air conditioning? They require drivers to have air conditioning either in the helmet or in the seat. Number two, who is the president of NASCAR? Steve Phillips. And number three, which team is worth more, NFL or NASCAR? The answer is NFL. And here are the new questions for this week. How much do NASCAR tires cost? And do NASCAR tires do NASCAR drivers lose weight during a game or a race? And number three, how heavy is one NASCAR tire? Of course, try to answer these questions without looking them up. Bye. Good job, Mackenzie. Now on to the last point. Number five. New, new, and new. It's a whole weekend of new. New car, new track, new everything. It's going to be very interesting. Atlanta Motor Speedway did a complete redo to their track. Uh, used to be concrete. It's now, uh, it's now asphalt, which will be much smoother. The old track was very, very rough, hard on tires. There was not a caution that cars didn't get tires. Now with this, uh, on the previous track, with this new car, that might still be the same because we're learning how much tires mean. Uh, The old track had 24 degree banking. The new track has 28 degree banking. The width on the front front stretch was 55 feet. It's now 61 feet, 6 inches. The back stretch was 55 feet wide. It's now only 42 feet wide. Like Kyle Larson will have a, a good time running right up against that. 
So the whole thing will be new and it will be very interesting to see what it looks like in Atlanta with a smoother, wider front stretch, steeper banked corners that are narrower and a narrower back stretch. It'll be interesting. I look forward to seeing it and I will share with you my thoughts after that race. So thanks so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Connor. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe. Check back every week. Share with me your thoughts. You can send me an email at connorbruin at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-O-R-B-R-U-E-N at gmail.com. This has been the Top 5 with Connor.